let's open to Isaiah 51, uh, talking about why the equipment of faith was given to humanity, starting from Adam. I believe this verse really captures it. Isaiah 51, verse 16. He said, I have put my words, I have put my words in your mouth. I have covered you with the shadow of my hand that I may plant the heavens and lay the foundations of the earth and say to Zion, you are my people. It says, I have put my words in your mouth. I've covered you with the shadow of my hands in order that I may plant the heavens. Jesus says, pray this way, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The equipment of faith, which receives expression through our words, is to enable us to bring the heavens and plant them on the earth. It is our way of access into the glory realm, into the realm of what God has provided, and bring it down to planet earth. And you would see, like right from the beginning, all through the time of the ancients and the patriarchs, the just has always lived by faith. The just has always accessed the realm of God by faith. So faith is of the heart. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a way of accessing the glory realm. And faith always begins by responding to grace. Um, let's continue from there. And I, the, the point I introduced as we're ending that was that faith is always based on true sight. Faith is always based on true sight. Faith is the result of revelation of truth. Faith is always based on true sight. This vibration from our inner man is produced by sight. Now, when the Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight, what it's saying is that we walk by faith and not by the things that we see, feel, touch in this physical realm. But faith is based on insight, which is true spiritual sight. Does that make sense? It is based on insight into the reality of things in the realm of the spirit. Look at Romans chapter 4. We looked at this last week, but today we're going to look at a different part of that. Romans chapter 4. I start from verse 13. It says, for the promise that he would be heir of the world was not to Abraham or his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and promise made of no effect, because the law brings about wrath. For, there is, for where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace. You see how faith and grace are always used hand in hand. It's saying that the result of your life is not going to be based on law. It's going to be based on grace 
through faith. Yeah? It says, it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Then he goes on to explain how the faith of Abraham works. He's our father of faith, so we will operate by faith according to the same pattern. Yeah? Of accessing grace. It says, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. Who said that? God said that to Abraham. He said, Abraham, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. God said to Abraham, I have made you the father of many nations. I have made you the father of many nations. Now, when did Abraham become the father of many nations? Or rather, more accurately, when was Abraham made the father of many nations? Abraham was made the father of many nations when God said it. Yeah? You know, the word of God is a, create, is, is a creative force. Yeah? So when God said, I have made you the father of many nations, in the realm of the spirit, the realm of God, there was in the realm of God, the spiritual realm, the spirit realm, Abraham had been made the father of many nations. Does that make sense? So in the realm of the spirit, there was spiritual substance that God had ordained which made Abraham the father of many nations. Now, now, remember, Romans 4 has given us an example of the faith of our father Abraham and, that, and how that faith operates. Abraham's body was dead. Sarah's womb was barren. But physical things do not determine um, what the power of God can achieve and what faith can achieve. Because faith is not physical. It's spiritual. Yeah? But faith always responds to grace. Faith cannot access anything that grace has not given. Okay? So we see here that God had made him the father of many nations. God made him the father of many nations before Abraham had any child, before his body became alive. In fact, we do not even know whether his bodily functions were restored. All we know is God had made him the father of many nations. Okay? But before he could become the father of many nations, certain things had to happen. Because in order for grace that is in the heavens to be planted on the earth, yeah, faith has to come to access grace. Are you with me? Faith has to come to access grace. Now, Enoch begins to talk about God. He says, God gives life to the dead. And he calls those things which be not as though they did. 
Now, it's very important to understand what that is saying. God calls those things which be not as though they did. Now, he said, I have made you the father of many nations. Was that true or false? Now, from the perspective of the earth, it sounded like God was calling what didn't exist as though it did. But from the perspective of heaven, God was actually telling Abraham the truth. Because from the perspective of heaven, God was just informing him about reality. God was actually calling those things which be as though they are. From the perspective of the earth, it was like, ah, God just called me the father of many nations. God is a God that calls those things which be not as though they were. But in order for Abraham to become the father of many nations, he had to come and see from the perspective of heaven. Yeah? He had to move from the perspective of the earth. His spiritual man now had to see from the perspective of heaven that he had been made the father of many nations. So faith, that substance of faith that is produced from your inner man and in the realm of the spirit is a spiritual vibration from your inner man that accesses heaven is produced when your, your inner man comes to a place of insight where you see things as they truly are. Yeah? Until you see through the eyes of your inner man things as they truly are, faith will not be produced in your inner man. At best, it would be a mental agreement with what God has said, but there will be no faith there. In the realm of the spirit, there's nothing emanating. There's nothing. Because faith is a spiritual substance that you can't wind it up. You can't convince yourself into faith. Faith is produced when your inner man comes into a place of insight regarding the truth or the reality of a matter. Reality of matter. It's not based on something you would like to happen. It's not based on something you wish could happen. It is based on your inner man receiving revelation concerning the true state of things. The true state of things. Now, when we follow Abraham, we find that the time he became the father of many nations, which resulted in him having his first child, one of many. You know, he got married again, Keturah, had another, other children. Um, he had to go through a process. And it took him many years to go through that process. The timing of the birth of his son was not determined by God. In fact, God had to work with Abraham to help him through that process. Because you can only access grace by faith. Are you with me? And faith 
is not produced, when you become a beneficiary of what God has provided, is not determined by God. Because, and I'll qualify that later on, but because God has, you know, when you gave your life to Jesus, was not the time that Jesus died for you. Yeah? It wasn't the time that Jesus died for you. In fact, the Lord was chasing you down. Getting different people to talk to you, right? Because he needed you to access what he had made available. Yeah? The time that you get healed is not determined by God. The time that you walk, you begin to plant the heavens on the earth is not determined by God. God has already blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The time you die is not determined by God. It's not determined by the Lord. You can die right now if you choose to. Right this minute. <laughs> we can assist you. Yeah? Your level of divine protection is not determined by God. It's amazing that the Bible says that by faith, Enoch got translated. That's an, that's an incredible scripture if you think about it. Yeah? His ability to, your ability to move in the realm of the spirit is not determined by God. It's not determined by God. It's not determined by God. It is determined by your ability to access what has been made available. And you cannot access what has been made available if you do not see it in your inner man. You can't access it unless you see it. It's true insight. So, the Bible says that God made him the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall your seed be. And then he talked about God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Before we continue reading um, the story of Abraham in, in Romans chapter 4, I'd like you to go to the book of Luke. What I'm hoping you see from this is that kingdom currency begins with provision. It begins with grace. You cannot get what God hasn't given. Yeah? You cannot get what God has not given. Your faith is not big enough to make things that God hasn't given. But the Bible says he has given us all things. All things. That pertain to life and godliness. All things. All things. And they are in the realm of glory. So the substance of these things are, are bigger and better. Hallelujah. They are bigger and better. It says, I has not seen nor ear heard. He hasn't entered into the heart of man. The things that God has provided for those who love him. Hallelujah. The things that God has made available for those who love him. These are the all things he's talking about. Because the substance of these things are way bigger <laughs> than we can ever imagine. Way bigger than we can ever imagine. But he says he has revealed them to us by his spirit. Because the revelation is necessary for faith to come. For faith to come. In Luke chapter 1, we see an incredible story of an angel visiting a, a virgin 
and telling this virgin that she has going to she has been chosen by God's grace to become the one who is going to give birth or who's who's going to be a surrogate or whose womb is going to be a surrogate for the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. She was going to give birth to the Lord. And then in verse 34, the, and then Mary said to the angel, how can this be, since I do not know a man? You know, in uh, Romans chapter 4, verse 1, the Bible says that Abraham discovered certain things. Abraham discovered that you do not need, your wife doesn't need a womb to give birth. He discovered that you do not need sperm to give birth. He discovered that once something is created in the realm of the spirit, once it exists in the realm of the spirit, you can access it. Once it, is ex once it exists in the realm of the spirit, this is what Mary is saying here. How is this possible? Mary did not understand that we are dealing with spiritual substance and your spirit man has the capacity to emanate a vibration that would lock arms with substance in the spirit and bring it into the earth. She said, how can this be? And the angel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is born Will be, will be called the son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. She's trying to help Mary here. And this is now the sixth month of her who was, who was called barren. She was called barren. Hallelujah. Doesn't matter what they call you. It is about, it's, it's, it's about what, it's all about what you call yourself and what you are seeing and what you align with. They don't say, well, we thought she was barren, but maybe we made a mistake. It says, for with God, nothing will be impossible. For with God, nothing will be impossible. With God, nothing will be impossible. So what, what is nothing and what's impossible? So nothing is a, a rhema. And impossible is... Oh, impossible is a dynamis, yeah? So... No rema is without power. No word that God has spoken. No word that God speaks. Now, so the angel appears to Mary and says, Mary, I am Gabriel. Mary says, what you are saying, how is this possible? And the angel says, don't you know who I am? I am Gabriel. I am an angel. What does the word angel mean? I am a messenger. I am a carrier of God's word. Yeah? This word I'm speaking is not my word. It is the word of God. There is no word that God speaks that is without ability to bring itself to pass. Every word that God speaks is creative. When God says something, that is the answer because that word has within itself the power to bring itself to pass. That is already the answer. If you have God's word on a matter, if you have God's rhema on a matter, and we're going to talk about logos and rhema in a minute, um, later on, but if you have God's rhema on a matter, that word has within itself the power to bring itself to pass. You don't need God to act for you after he has given you a rhema. 
Because that rhema in itself is spiritual substance. And all you need is to lock your faith onto that spiritual substance. And that union will cause that word to be planted in the earth. And become alive in your experience. Yeah? So, in the process of discovery, Abraham, God said, gave his rhema to Abraham. He said, Abraham, I have made you the father of many nations. From Abraham's perspective, it was like God was calling those things which be not as though they were. But God took Abraham through a process where his heart became aligned with the truth of the fact that God was actually calling what was as though it was. It was at the point where Abraham began to see that God had called what was as though it was, that his spirit produced this thing called faith, and he could lay hold of the substance of provision and plant it in the earth, and it affected his body, affected his wife's body, and they gave birth to their first son. And that is why as we conclude on this, we're just going to read, so I don't, um, we're just going to complete reading um, Romans 4, and we're going to take it on from there. We're in verse um, 17. Now, when he went through this process, see all the things it affected. Verse 17 says, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations, in the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Now he's talking about God, but he's about to receive an education. Then he says, who contrary to hope in hope believed. So it affected his hope. Yeah? It affected what? His hope. He now had supernatural hope. Yeah? Faith cannot operate where there is no hope. I said faith cannot operate where there is no hope. The very first thing it does is it restores hope. But hope is not faith. Hope is always in the future. Faith gives substance to hope. But faith needs something to give substance to. If you are hopeless, unless it is a, an operation of the sovereign act of God, which is something we're not looking at on this course, um, there is no way you're going to have it. Because faith always restores hope first. Who contrary to hope, in hope believed... So that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. Okay? So hope um, was empowered by faith, or became faith, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead. And we, we've understood that that verse is actually saying, he was, not weak in faith, he was not weak in faith even when he considered his body already dead. Because faith has nothing to do with the state of your body. So, when he began to walk by faith, he took his eyes off what he was seeing. The weakness of his body, what was happening in his body, did not affect his faith. Because his faith was not based on that. His faith was based on superior sight. Let's go on. And it says, verse 20, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith. Giving glory to God, it affected his praise. And being, what? Fully convinced that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. So, 
he became fully persuaded. He became fully what? Convinced, fully persuaded. So every part of his anatomy, his spirit, his subconscious came into alignment with the truth. Everything was pointing in one direction. It took him a while to be convinced. God had to work with Abraham. It took him a while to see it. In fact, the Lord would say to him, Abraham, go out of your tent and look at the stars of the heavens. Abraham would look. He would say, try to count them. As many stars as you can count are the, are the children you're going to have. Then he said, go out and walk in the desert. Try to count the grain of sand. As many grains as you can count is the number of kids you're going to have. He took Abraham through a process. You see, when you haven't had a child in 99 years, your hope is gone, your faith is gone, it has gone beyond the realm of possibility. You understand? And until, until you make, until your heart becomes reinvigorated and, and reilluminated with truth, you know, faith cannot be produced in your inner man. So Abraham had to come to a point where internally he was fully convinced about the truth. And that was the only time he could lock into, um, into what God had made available. Hallelujah. Okay, I think we'll stop there this morning. Um, questions. Like I said, we're gaining ground now. Any questions? Oh, yes, okay. First question. Yeah. Okay, thank you so much. Um, um, so we, we started by talking about um, this faith is supposed to bring us into the fullness of God from Ephesians. Um, so in Hebrews 4, there are a people that were described as they did not mix the word with, with faith. faith. Yes. So, I mean, so they couldn't come into um, this fullness. Absolutely, yes. Um, so I want to ask, in that Hebrews 4, mm -hmm. they had, these people had faith, but they did not mix the word with faith. Is that the case? Maybe they we need to read. They didn't have faith in the word. When I said they, did not, they, they received the word, Hebrews... Um, what 4 verse 2, yeah. Hebrews 4 verse 2. Yeah. That's a very, very good um, question actually. No, go ahead. Hebrews 4, 4 verse, verse 2. two. Yes. Yeah. They did not what? Mix the word with faith. Let me just check mm, it in okay. another translation. I think yeah. that might help us. So, what's your question, though? Let's get your question. So, um, now, that Hebrews 4 2 suggested that uh, they have faith, but they did not mix the word with faith. The word, the word that was preached to them, the same word of salvation that is preached to us, that okay. was preached to them, they didn't mix it with faith. One. So, I wanted to know what do they have faith apart from the word? I understand. Yeah. Then. Again, what's the process of mixing the word with faith? Okay. All right. Okay. That's a good, uh, good question. Yes, please. Because I think I was, I'm just opening to Romans 10. Sorry, go ahead. 
So the question I want to ask is, yes. I think there are scriptures that talk about the fact that when we believed God, yes. it was, I mean, that initial belief that we had in God, it was not really maybe an act of our own way. It was a faith that was supplied, yes. you know, by the Spirit of God. Yes. So my question is that, so of course, if you look at that, the context of that Hebrew 4 verse 2, it was talking about people who heard the gospel yes. and did not believe. So yes. we all heard, but some people, it did them good because yes. they mixed it with faith. So yes. if, as other parts of scripture say, that that initial faith is a supply of God. These people, what happened to their own supply? That's my question. Okay, that's sort of linked to the question you asked last week, um, the first week about, is faith always, always a gift? Okay. Um, well, I think it's actually quite, um, at least straightforward in my mind. Um, Hebrews 4 says, they did not mix the word with faith. Now we know, the incident is talking about. It's talking about the, um, you know, when Moses sent uh, the guys into um, the promised land, you know, to check it out. And um, 10 of them came with an evil report. And only two, Joshua and Caleb, came with a faith-filled report. Yeah? And what happened was the 10 looked at the promise from the perspective of what they were able to achieve, yeah? So God had given them a word that, you know, you're going to live in houses you did not build, and I have given you this promised land. But they looked at the word through the filter of what they were able to achieve through their own ability, yeah? So they did not mix the word. They did not look at the word through the unlimitedness of God. They looked at it within the context of what they could provide within themselves. So that's human faith. Yeah, that's human faith. Um, because everything was okay until they saw the giants. Yeah, so their faith, you see a lot of times what we call faith is actually based on probability or likelihood of, of achievement. It's, it's not based, it is not based on the word and the integrity of the word alone. Even in the, in, the, in the life of Abraham, even after God had given him the promise, when his wife suggested that Hagar may be the root, he still went that direction. Do you understand? Because... He was still looking at it. He was not fully convinced. The integrity of his faith, the, the substance of his faith did not come out of the word. You understand? It came out of, okay, this is possible. How many are we? We can actually make it happen. Yeah? So the people spoken about there did not mix the word with the faith of God. Yeah? And that is how a lot of us can hear the word, agree with it mentally. Yeah? We agree with it mentally, and we are trying to achieve it by our own faith. That is what normally happens. Um, now, the aspect of the gift, yes, let, let me even deal with that right now. The aspect of, of the gift, 
Now, it's, it's, it's an interesting question, actually, because, um, you know, Romans 10, 17 says faith comes. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith is a product of the operation of your spirit. Yeah? It's the union of your spirit with the remor of God. Yeah? That produces faith. Now, that capacity is a capacity of your human spirit. Now, in terms of, you know, it's a little bit like someone gave the illustration that the miracle that God, that, you know, planting, sowing and ripping is always a miracle. But sowing and ripping is not a miracle to the same extent as the original creation of uh, the first tree and the first seed. Yeah? But it's always a miracle. I mean, that whole system of the kingdom where you plant one seed and it produces a hundred trees and you can't count the number of trees in the seed is, is a miraculous operation of the kingdom of God. Yeah? In like manner, it says that by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. Faith is always not of works. From the first faith that you receive from God supernaturally to get saved, and the faith that you are using to access the kingdom is never of works. When I say it's never of works, it is never something that you can be proud of on your own. Because as we meditate in the truth and it produces faith, that system is a system of is a, is a system of grace in the kingdom. Do you understand? Where it is something that is passively produced. And I say passively produced as in it's not actively produced. It is passively produced as a byproduct of you focusing on the word. Do, do, do you see what I mean? It is not something I can boast in because I am just looking at this word. I'm just looking at this word. I'm just looking at this word. And through the process of meditation, the Spirit of God working in your inner man, actively, the Spirit of God actively produces something that you can use to connect with it. So that process of the production of faith is always the operation of the active agent of the Spirit of God through a process of meditation. Yeah? So it is always a gift. It is always a gift. Yes, Dari. I wanted to ask about um, the relationship between time and faith. Yes. Um, Good. So, obviously, sometimes there's the generic and there's the specific. Yes. You know, so the Bible tells us that, you know, in the fullness of time, yes. God sends his son born of a woman. Yes. You know, being that specific about the fullness of time. Yes. Even though there were times during that period leading up to that event where, I mean, things by, should I say, by human failings, like yes. Israel mess, messing up and yes. ultimately that being delayed. Absolutely. But it still yes. said in the fullness of time, you know, this happened. Yes. Um, stuff like Abraham's own too. Yes. I mean, ultimately, when it was time to conceive or give birth, so I've still taken Sarah nine months, regardless of whatever Absolutely, faith. yes. You know, so there's that bit of um, timing in relation to say when you're expecting like an instantaneous result um timing also in the bit of 
of um, the law of processes, so to say. I mean, no matter what, it takes you so long to yes. say get a harvest or sure. give birth. Yes. You know, so like ultimately, like what is the relationship between, you know, so to say, faith, you know, and time? Yes, God has said this, you know, but yeah. Okay. Can um, I? Can I, I okay. Think, um, and you go ahead. Yeah. Um, I think my question is probably related to to Pastor Darius as well, because yes. you made a statement. You said faith and hope are not the same. That's correct. And you then said a few things that kind of correlated that in my mind. Yes. But Bible says that Abraham hoped against hope. And then in hope believed. And then he believed. So yes. is there, there must be a substance mm -hmm. that is similar between hope and faith. Because hope is about the future. Faith is about now. That's correct. Right? Based on what God has already provided. Yes. You know, some of the warehouses, for instance. He yes. says in heaven. So um, is there a, my question is, in terms of the process of time, of time yes. and that substance between, yes. is there, there must be a substance between faith and hope. What okay. is that substance? All right. So is it linked to the definition, definition in Hebrews uh, about faith? Okay. In Hebrews 11 or 12. 11, okay, yes. Okay. Um, so I'm linked to the very same question. Um, we spoke about faith being um, um, based on the revelation of, of truth, what yes. is real in the spirit. Yes. Um, so... Um, and then we spoke about the, way, where the question, I guess, is about the, the role of God's times and seasons yes. in the fulfillment of my exercise of faith. Yes. So my question is, do I then have to have a revelation mm -hmm. as well of, the, of God's pattern and times and seasons in a specific situation in yes. order for, for it to click? Yes. Um, when, you, when you spoke about fulfillment, of, fulfillment being really based on Abraham's process, I thought of the children of Israel when the Bible says in the process of time, yes. he heard their prayers. And then I was thought about um, Daniel, yes. where just at the right time, he read the book of the law and you're like, oh, 70 years have passed. And then he applied his faith. I don't really know. I can't remember what happened after that. Yes. But he started praying. So, you know, do we also need to get a revelation? Do we also need to see and get the revelation of, okay, this is God's timing so that we can key into that? Or do we just, is the faith really applied broadly? Okay. Broadly? Yeah. Um, now, the, the subject of hope and faith, um, we're going to look at that next week um, because hope and faith are very different. Uh, one is elpis, one is pistis. Um, you know, faith, Hebrews 11, 1, faith gives substance to hope. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. So in order for faith to, um, you know, to be able to give substance, there must be hope. And, and so next week I'll be talking about hope and desire and the importance of that. And against hope, he believed in hope. So natural hope, supernatural hope. Um, so that's an area that we'll need to look at in a little bit more depth. Um, in the area of, of the issue of, of timing, um, I, I guess the, the point I was trying to make, uh, looking at salvation, for instance, um, I was trying to create a distinction between when God makes something available and when you plug into it, yeah? Um, a lot of times, the timing, and I know, yes, there's an element of timing with respect to God, but a lot of times the timing is dependent on us. Like, for instance, the people to whom the promise was given to enter the promised land did not enter the promised land um, because they did not operate by faith. Do you understand? It had nothing to do with God. Um, they wandered around the wilderness for 40 years and they died. Yeah? The generation that God intended was not the generation that entered. Yeah? 
um, we don't even know if Abraham was the very first person that God approached and said, you know, walk before me and be thou perfect. Um, he could have approached others that rejected his call. Um, he didn't plan for, um, he had planned to establish the kingdom of Saul forever, but he had, a, he had planned that the temple of Solomon would be around forever and be used as a paradigm for people to see what a nation in line with God is, would be like. And yet that temple was destroyed shortly afterwards. Do you understand? So a lot of things in terms of the outcome of our lives are not determined by God. A lot of them are determined by us and, and in terms of um, our, our readiness to plug into what he has for us. Um, having said that, you know, I think that um, faith, you know, in my heart, it's not, when people think about faith, I don't think about faith in terms of the period of the time to manifestation. For me, that's not really the issue. The issue is the fact that I'm walking by faith. You know, the, the, the writers in Hebrews 11 died in faith. Do you understand? In our understanding of what faith is, we don't understand the concept of dying in faith. But you know that even though they, die, they died, yet they are still speaking. And their faith is still at work in the earth. In fact, their death was not the end. In fact, it was the time for them to enter into their role in God's government. God's eternal government. Because those cloud of witnesses are still active today. Do you understand? Because they have, they have an inheritance in what is happening right now because of their faith. So faith transcends space and time. Yeah? Because it is a spiritual force. And if it is a spiritual force, it goes outside the realm of time. Yeah? But so for me, the, the key thing is that it is by living by faith it is by faith that we access the life of God. I mean, that's the, that is the key thing. And like I said, even though we use faith a lot of times in terms of defi defining faith with respect of our ability to, you know, get a job and have money and all that, faith was primarily given to man, was given to Adam to plant the heavens on the earth. Do you understand? Faith, what, that's the, that is the primary reason for faith. It is man walking in union with God to bring to the earth what he has made available in the heavens for humanity. Yeah? Both in my lifetime and the lifetime of the generations coming after me. Yeah? And that is why when you read Hebrews 11, you would see that these guys that were walking by faith, their faith went beyond time. And that's why the Bible was saying like an Abraham, he was looking for a city whose maker and builder was God. Yeah? He, he was not looking to build houses. and it, it, was, it, it went beyond time. He understood that this thing that I've been given is to plant heaven on the earth. To bring heaven into the earth. And that's why... Even though he could have built a house, he didn't. He lived in tents because he was looking for something. What he was looking for was to bring spiritual substance into the realm of time. Yeah? And, and that is really the highest operation of this thing called faith. Yeah? Faith is not about, you know, do I have a car or don't I? 
I, I get all those things, and God wants to meet our needs and all that. But I'm just saying that, you know, it is not about things that corrupt over time. Do you understand? It, 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 there's, there's, much more, there's much more to it than that. You know, it's just like, the, the, you know, Psalm 139, I know we're going over time. Psalm 139 talks about the fact that all the days of my life are written in his book. I will tell you that those things that are written in his book are not about the number of houses you're going to have. God had a dream about you before he made you. God had a dream about you before he made you. And it is his dream about you that he has written in that book. Do you understand? What he wants to use you for, to demonstrate in his glory in the earth, it's going to take faith to connect with it. Yeah? It is going to take faith. And that is what he has given you that, that capacity of faith for. When you begin to perceive heavenly things, you begin to perceive his purpose for your life, and you begin to give birth to it in the earth. And that purpose must, by definition, be eternal. That purpose, when I say eternal, I mean, actually, if I'm going to be accurate, that purpose must be everlasting. Do you understand? That purpose must go beyond time. I'm telling you, that purpose must go beyond time. Otherwise, why am I accessing heaven for it? That purpose must go beyond time. Must go beyond time. Look at the guys in Hebrews 11 and how they lived. Yeah? They were living by faith. And that is part of the world-framed definition of faith. Because we have, we have defined faith purely in temporal terms. We have defined faith in temporal terms. It is no longer, it is no longer a force or a power to bring the heavens into the earth. It is now something that can help me with, with temporal things. And there's an aspect of that. But that's not, that is not the main bit. That is not the main bit. So in the area of timing. Yeah. I would say that looking at faith from a, from a um, Hebrews 11 perspective. It, 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 it goes beyond time. It is something that. We, we begin to see the fruit of now, but it bears fruit to eternity. You know, that, that's the... So it, it's not even about when it happens, per se. Do you understand? But the point I made about timing is that our plugging into these things, how there are people that will live and die and never fulfill anything in the book. None. Yeah? Anything in the book. Meanwhile, God wrote the book before they came. The book was there. But they have never read it. They have never seen it. But because it takes faith to get in there. It takes faith to get in there. There are people that will live and die. And they will never read that book. They will never fulfill one thing. Can I think said I was, after I was 12 years or so in the ministry, the Lord said that you have entered into the first phase. That was not God's timing. It was not God's timing. It was not like, oh, now it is the time I've ordained for you. No, it was... How aligned am I to the purpose of God? You understand? That's why God worked with Abraham. He was trying to help Abraham. Abraham, the Bible says in Romans 4, he became fully persuaded. The timing of his fully, full persuasion was not God. It was not God. It wasn't that God finally, finally did a good job of persuading him. No. Look at you and I, how long it's taking us. It's not all God. It really isn't. 
Yeah? Even when we came to the faith, to come into, to see these things in our spirit, it is, it is a product of our focus on these things. Faith doesn't always come. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Yes. Last question and then we'll have to go. Okay, so I wanted um, a bit more clarity concerning the first point, which is faith is of the heart. Yes. And Oli had asked earlier for some explanation. Um, I don't know if you could throw more light. The text that comes to mind is Hebrews 4, verse 12. Yes. For the word of God is living and powerful. Yes. And sharper than any two-edged sword. Yeah. Piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. Yeah and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So in this text, I see soul, I see spirit, I see body, joints and marrow, and then I see thoughts and intents of the heart. So I don't know if you could uh, explain that a bit more. Okay, what's your question? Uh, Mine is somewhat um, related. Yes. Um, When you were describing the heart, one of the points you made was that your belief system is is part of that. Yes. And I began to think about that point in terms of receiving things by faith. Yes. And the first thought that came to my mind was the case of Peter. Now, we know that when, and you, you used this illustration earlier, Yes. When God, when Jesus called him, when he asked Jesus, if it is you, bid me to come. And Jesus said, come. Yes. And he started to walk on water. Yes. But eventually he, he, looked, yes. he looked away and he started to sink. And Jesus said, why did you doubt? Yes. Um, in my mind, I think one of the things that perhaps helped him to even walk on water was the fact that he had seen Jesus do things. And mm-hmm. then he was, his belief system could accommodate him walking on water. Yes. But even after that, he, could, he st- still began to sink. Yes. So I, I wanted you to speak to this point about belief system. Yes. Um, in, in terms of how that is important in Absolutely. receiving by faith. Okay. I, I mean, we won't be able to do that in two minutes. But um, one of the great things about Hebrews 4.12, and it's something we're going to look at, um, because we said that um, with God, nothing is impossible. No word of God is without power. Um, Hebrews 4.12 speaks about the, the logos. Yes, it says the word of God. So there's a difference in the logos and the rhema. Um, um, in John 4.4, 4, it says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's rhema. Yeah? So it is the rhema that we live by. Not that we don't know the word, but it's the rhema that gives us access to the life of God, the revelation of the word. Yeah? When the Bible talks about the spirit, soul, and body, it's not saying that one is bad and one is good. But when we get into the word, when we, get, when we, when we, when we begin to investigate the word and, and go through the process, because it is the rhema that produces faith, it's not the logos, and we're going to look at that. When we get into the word and, and the process that, that we go through to produce faith, what it does is the word exposes to us. It shows us um, where we're at. Yeah? Our belief systems, a lot of them that are hidden from view, our true belief systems that are in our subconscious must be exposed by the word. Those things have to be um, dislodged and come into alignment with the truth of God's word. Um, um, Otherwise, true faith is not produced. So the word of God, as we begin to embrace that logos, the word of God will penetrate even 
the, the thoughts and the intents of the heart and, show, and expose them for us to see. Yeah? Um, there, there are some very deep-rooted, you know, I give an example a few, weeks, um, a few weeks ago about how, you know, sometimes someone says, I'm believing God, um, maybe they get a, a bad report about a hospital or, or maybe they have cancer or something and they need surgery. And they say, no, I'm believing God, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. But when, when you get into the word, what the word will expose in a lot of cases is the fact that the reason why they are saying they are healed is because they are afraid to go through surgery. Yeah? So it sounds like faith, but if we will be humble and allow the word to show us where we're at, it would expose the fear that is lodged deep in our, in our heart. A lot of these things are not even on the surface. Yeah? Your cognitive ability, your your is is not your conscious mind ha, you know you know it is when they say it's possible to deceive yourself what deceiving yourself means is that consciously you believe something to be true so you have your subconscious has deceived you as a defense mechanism into thinking that what you actually believe is not what you believe yeah so it takes the word it takes it takes a journey in the word to truly expose what is going on in your heart. And that's why we began by talking about um, James 1 that talks about the spirit of meekness. It takes the, the surgery of the word to show us what we truly believe. Yeah? Uh, and to bring it to the surface. And that is why it took Abraham so long. He had to be fully persuaded. And you can understand why it took him time. Yeah? Because... Layer after layer of disappointment after disappointment, they try, they fail, they try, they fail, they try, they fail, they try, they fail. Layer after layer had become a stronghold in his heart. So even though God was saying it, when his wife brought up the Hagar op option, he said, well, maybe that's what the Lord wants to do because he didn't really believe it. He didn't really believe it. And that's why you can track your faith with how good situations look. If things are looking like it's, it's going to happen, you get excited. If things look like they're not happening, you get sad. Those are ways that show you where you are really at. You understand? We haven't entered the realm of faith yet. If we are going up and down. Look at the, the example you gave about Peter. You know, I mean, the Lord said, come. And as long as he looked at the Lord... As long as he looked at the Lord, he was walking. Yeah? He was not walking on water. He was walking on the word. Yeah? But then he looked away from the word. He looked away from the word and began to look at the clouds or the, the waves. And then he began to sink. You know, and like I said last week, it's not like if it was a calm sea, he would have walked. So he allowed some that didn't have anything to do with his faith. Is my wife on her menstrual cycle or not? Abraham was thinking. Has she started ovulating? Had nothing to do with faith. Nothing. Whether she was ovulating or not, whether he was producing sperms or not, had nothing. Because the foundation of faith, the, the foundation of true faith is the word and its integrity alone. Nothing else. Nothing else. And that's why faith, true faith, is based on accurate sight. Yeah? And, and that is where faith gets its energy from. That's what produces the energy of faith. It's accurate sight. If you haven't seen it, you can't believe it. And when I say if you haven't seen it, I mean if you haven't seen it in the realm of God, you, you can't believe it. 
You really can't believe it with your heart if you haven't seen it. Yeah? And you can't see it unless you interact with the Logos and it becomes the rhema. You, you have to see the substance of it. You have to see it. And that's why the Bible in Hebrews 11 talking about, about uh, Moses and how he did, not, he, he, he did not heed to the word of Pharaoh because he saw the invisible. And we'll look at that when we're looking at Hebrews 11. He saw the invisible, that which cannot be seen. He saw it. And that affected how he responded to what Pharaoh had to say. Yeah? Okay. Thank you, guys. Um, I haven't given you any, any memory verses or assignments this week, but I would load them up next week. There are quite a lot from this week, but we haven't got time to go through that. God bless you.